it's almost like he's wearing a, a WWF. You know, what would Jesus do bracelet or something? You said WWF, did you? I did, didn't I? Sorry. WWJD. There you go. <laughs> it was a wrestler. What would he yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's called that anymore, is it? Because of the wildlife thing. I don't watch wrestling. Yeah, the real WWF, the World Wildlife Fund, sued them, didn't they? When I was at school, a lot of people liked wrestling, but secretly, they wouldn't tell people. But now, it's people are quite open. Adults wow. like it. Oh, I like sumo. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Because you like Jap- Japan, don't you? And you oh, right, to Japan okay. quite a lot. So. Yeah. But sumo is actually really good, especially if you watch it on catch-up, because the fights are only like 30 seconds long. If a fight lasts a minute, you're like, whoa. Everybody stood up in their chairs going, oh, you know, or whatever. How many fights? must They must have a lot of fights for an event. People don't just turn up for a minute. Oh, yeah. It lasts all day. Hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it lasts all day. You, you spend the whole day there, pretty much. Did you go to, have you been to a live one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Fukuoka. I went down to Fukuoka just for the sumo. It's good because we've, we've got a little fandom going of Hakuho. So Hakuho is the best sumo wrestler of all time ever, has ever been and probably will ever be unless something that changes in the rule book. But he's just like really, really, really good. And, you know, he's beat all the records, you know, however many fights you win in a row, however many bashos you win, you know, tournaments or whatever, however many, everything, everything. He's just basically just broke all records. So I was like, well, I want to see this guy in person if we're going <laughs> to, because he's the best sumo wrestler ever. So we went and we made a point to see it. But, he, you know, because he's a he's Yokozuna, which means they basically, they're the top of the rung. I think there's only two of them now, maybe. But to be a Yokozuna, you know, there's this idea that if you're not at the top of your game, you should step out. You know, whereas like here, it would be like, oh, if you, if you went to a wrestling match and then the guy who was going to win was like, oh, actually, my knee's a bit dodgy today. I don't think I'll play. People would be like, what? <laughs> don't think so. Whereas in sumo, it's like frowned upon if they play when they're not at the top of their game. If they if they say like, no, I do have an injury. I won't be able to put, put 100% into this fight. I'm going to back out. That's quite normal and it's very acceptable. So it was hit and miss because we bought our tickets ages before we knew we were going to you know go we didn't know if he was going to be there because he it's quite common for him to drop out so it was like come on i want to see hakuho <laughs> but he was there which is great it was good and i bought some merch as you do yeah. <laughs> and he won i suppose did he of course yeah. yeah of course he did yeah yeah of course he did yeah 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 it was good <laughs> Have you listened to episode two on Spotify? I did. We need the stats to go up. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how fixated you are on numbers and stuff. But. I hope I try not to be, but obviously if it was like two, I'd be a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's me and you. <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's so weird listening back to yourself. I just hate it. I was saying to you an email the other day that, I listen back to me and overanalyze every, every sentence I, I hear myself saying. I think, am I being condescending there? Or do I really know what I'm talking about? But I don't think that about you at all. I think, oh, she's sorted. She's said really? she's, everything you know she said is absolutely 100% bang on. And, <laughs> I, and I'm the klutz here. But like, I, I doubt everything that I say. Yeah. So anything I look back on that's got like a statement in it of something that I thought, I, I can look back at it and you're like bound by a bit so you sort of go oh I've said that but actually I also kind of think something that's counter to that as well I did think that a little bit as well because I know in one of our uh, podcasts in one of the episodes I talked a lot about you know stretching and the benefits of yoga and all of that kind of thing but I did think like oh that's not really the point of yoga and 
did I over talk about stretching as if that is the whole, as if you're going to be super healthy if you're flexible or something ridiculous. So yeah, I know what you mean. I, I do that a little bit. But for the most part, when I listen back to them, I just feel a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not any particular thing. It's not like I'm, I'm analyzing my sentences. I'm just like, oh, it's me. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the other thing is, because I listened to it, I don't know, 20 times during the editing, yeah. I forget what was good about it in the first place. And so I, <laughs> I finish and think, oh, actually, is this really boring now? It's like when you're working on something for ages and you, you just like you just go down a rabbit hole and you're just completely lost and you need to just go to bed and sleep and wake up the next day and go, oh, right, that's what I was doing. <laughs> You know, you just get lost in whatever, in research or calculations or whatever you're doing, you know, and then you just think, God, what am I doing? I've got a number. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people were quite nice, weren't they? Like, if the comments, no, we didn't get any, like, horrible comments or anything, did we? So, I think the uh, the battle lines have been drawn up there, haven't they? Between Team Peter and Team Kayla. <laughs> yeah. How many are my fans? <laughs> What time do you have to get off, by the way? I could probably stay on for another half hour. Okay. I'm just conscious I need to charge these up, and I'm starting to get cold. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, I've got things to talk about. You didn't tell me what they were, so I thought you were going to ambush me a bit or something. No, no, I've just wrote stuff down. Just thoughts, that's all. <laughs> well, did you say you wanted to talk about, like, because we have been talking about meditation at least a little bit. Did you say you wanted to talk about finding the right app or videos? So talking about you kind of miss, had the wrong impression of what meditation was in the first place. And then did that feed into you finding the wrong thing? Maybe. I, I Again, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, my memory is not going to be reliable for these things because I'll probably tell myself a story where I become more of a hero. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I don't mind. I don't mind being a hero. Uh, in my own head. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be a hero somewhere. It might as well be my own mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was saying before that I thought meditation was mainly a sort of a visualization thing. But then I thought, well, actually, when I went to the Buddhist center, I'm not 100% sure what type of meditation we did. So I don't know if that was an accurate statement. But that was so long ago that I kind of forgot about it. I didn't, still didn't really understand the theory behind it. So, yeah, for a while I was, like, shooting in the dark like, on YouTube, trying to find, like, a guided meditation that I liked that, you know, didn't have to pay for. Well, you know what? The only meditation guide, quote-unquote, that I've ever used is, was it Zen Timer? I think it was something like, it was basically these little bells, ting, you know, like the little tiny bells, and that yeah, was if it. If anyone doesn't know what a bell is, they, they know now. Oh, you know, hey. <laughs> well, yeah, I meant the little tiny ones, like, over the high pitch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there was a little bell. And you could set it up however you wanted. You could have two bells, and then you could have a bell after five minutes, and then a bell after ten minutes. And you could basically set up these little bells to go off at random t at whatever times you'd like. Or you could just have a bell at the beginning and a bell at the end. And, and that's the only thing that's ever worked for me, really, that I've enjoyed. I've not found any guided, strongly guided meditations, other than maybe the Deepak ones, that really work. You know, I prefer just bells and timers that are quite gentle, you know. But how experienced were you at doing it before you started doing guided ones? If you were doing it with the monks and stuff years ago, then you're, you've had your guided sort of thing in person, haven't you? Yeah, probably. So, you know, you're 15 years ahead of me or whatever it is, so... I don't think it was that much. <laughs> <laughs> I was guessing. I would have to guess as well. Maybe maybe 11 fine i don't know i don't know how old you are so i'm not like ah, you will never know <laughs> at the moment i'm doing sam harris has got an app 
It's got loads of theory courses on it and stuff. There's the course about Cohen's, which you might know more about than me, mm. and a course on the headless way, which is a way of meditating where you imagine you don't have a head or something. That that sounds familiar, but yeah. I, I can't. There's a Mater as well, which is the loving kindness meditation course, and, uh, yes. and they refresh the daily meditation. You can do ten or twenty minutes, and there's an introductory course as well. And you like his voice, or or the voice that they use? Yeah, I do like his voice. I think it's quite a calming voice, but he's also there's no bullshit in there. So he is coming at it from a. This is how your mind works, and these practices work. It's, there's no like spiritual side of it. Mm. There are loads of other apps out, but I don't get on with all of them. I mean, I, I used to have a certain app, and the guy's voice did my head in, and I had to stop. I don't want to name the app because I feel like if I slag too many things off during this, like I can't slag off every meditation app and every yoga style and every and spirituality and family and everything and <laughs> I mean, because they're the people that are going to be listening to this anyway spiritual people my family <laughs> you know people <laughs> that like yoga and i'm just saying oh well most of it's rubbish you just got to find a very 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 small window into it well the thing is is it feels very small because everybody likes something different so you have to trudge through all of the whatever is available to find what works for you some of the experiences of trying things on youtube again you know they've got thousands of likes and stuff so some people must like this sort of thing i didn't do it i remember seeing a lord of the rings visualization one thinking oh goodness me i don't want to be oh goodness me (laughs) (laughs) that's about right (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you surely that a lord of the rings meditation is just like daydreaming or something is that LARPing for people that are scared to leave the house to do LARPing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, yeah, isn't it? COVID LARPing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think some of the visualization meditations, like, sometimes there's like a goal. If you're going down a more spiritual route, maybe you have a goal. So like, you can lead someone to relax, then then there may be like a, you know, like a walk through the forest or whatever. But the idea is that you get to this clearing, and then the answer to your question is in the clearing. And then you're supposed to go off this like sub sub layer of like instinct or something like that, you know, in your mind and kind of be like, ah, that's the answer to my question, or something like that. So like, I can kind of understand those kind of like trying to help you make decisions or something there's nothing wrong with having a good imagination and even enjoying sitting down and having like a little imagination party with yourself but (laughs) that's not to say that that's really the same as meditating and that like you're saying you're not learning anything necessarily from it you're just having an experience or escaping maybe or whatever which can be healthy especially in these days when we're stuck at home but that's not the same thing (laughs) there's no rule of six in meditation is there (laughs) And I will say this for anyone who's listening as well. Um, one of the things that I've told people in the past, if you're brand new to meditation and you come up to me and you say, Kayla, how do I meditate? What do I do? My first thing probably would not be to tell you to try a nap. I would literally say, put a timer on your phone, sit down, five minutes, don't move. Start there, see what happens. And just start with that. You know, really simple Somewhat quiet if you have that kind of environment at home. I realize not everyone does, but you know, somewhat quiet environment and just sit, just sit. That's it. I had a meditation teacher that used to start every meditation by saying, "Have a sit down," you know, you know, and then we go, "And we're waiting, and we're waiting." And I'm like, "What are we waiting for?" 
<laughs> well, I don't know what we're waiting for, but it worked. <laughs> you know, we're just, you're just waiting for whatever you want to use. If you have an anxiety problem, maybe not waiting, maybe it feels, maybe that will trigger something, but, <laughs> but assuming you're not triggered by waiting, <laughs> you know, just sit for five minutes and just focus on one thing, like your breath. Breath is always the easiest thing because it's always there. And then you can explore other methods, you know, the apps and the guides and different voices and music or no music. Do I like gongs? Do I hate gongs? Are singing bowls annoying and squealy or do they sound quite pleasant? <laughs> my little sister hates singing bowls. She says, oh, it's horrible. It's like there's a ringing in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> which I found quite funny because I've always really enjoyed them. But, like, everybody has their likes and their dislikes. To start actually doing it, five, ten minutes is kind of enough to if you've never done it before. No, yeah, absolutely. Even now, it's like, you, you try getting to from one to five breaths without mm. thinking about something else, and it's so hard, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I remember we used to do uh, 21, you count back from 21 actually which is supposed to help a little bit so count down but uh, again you start over if you if you think about something and you just never get past like a count of five because <laughs> you just you just end up thinking about something even if it's not anything important and you're doing a fantastic job of keeping your mind somewhat still you still have that little thought of like oh is that a pigeon oh whoops. yeah 21 <laughs> 20 19 <laughs> so has anyone ever counted sheep uh, successfully trying to get to sleep you know like they kind of got to thousands or anything it's not possible <laughs> Do you find that, like, when you do, like, say you do Shavasana with me or something and guide you through, like, a body relaxation, so I am talking the whole time, basically, because I'm talking about each body part is relaxed, do you find that your mind wanders then as well? Yeah, it wanders more than during the class. More? More than during the class, but not more than during other meditation styles? No, probably more, actually, yeah. Yeah? Because, because it's bad, because I'm doing exactly what you probably tell us not to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but because I know then it's the end of the class, I'm thinking, like, I am starting to think about my life outside of the class then because I know that that's when it's finishing. And I used to, when we were first doing it, because I used to get really paranoid about being able to sort of queue up and say goodbye at the end of the <laughs> class as well. <laughs> I'd be thinking, yeah. am I going to try and rush to say goodbye first or should I hang around and then say goodbye at the end? This is a new thing to me. I mean, I've realized within the last maybe couple of months, I didn't realize that this was something that people were slightly worried about, you know, about like actually being able to say goodbye at the end of class. Just for anyone listening, you don't have to say goodbye. A wave is enough. <laughs> you can just wave. It's fine. If you've got nothing to say, then you don't need to say anything. I wave more now because if I've got something to say, I can just do it on the podcast. <laughs> so I will say this, though. There are lots of different experiences when people come into their shavasana. So I tend to talk the whole time, especially if I know there are new people in the class. But there are quite a few teachers and classes that I've been to and stuff where they, they will lay you down, they may give you a few instructions to make yourself comfortable, and then that's it, silence. And they might keep you in complete silence for like five minutes or longer, like 10 minutes. And you might think like, oh, what's 10 minutes? But honestly, if you were to lie down on the floor in complete silence, thinking that you're in a yoga class, and nobody's talking, <laughs> you'd be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> if you're not used to it or you're not expecting it, it'd be really confusing. So I tend to talk during my shavasanas, and I've had quite a few positive feedback from that. If I say a poem or a final piece to read or something like that, they, you know, people tend to really enjoy that. But I have had really odd experiences in my classes where the two main things are 
Awesome. Maybe there's more like three. Okay. So one is like people go, I didn't relax at all. My brain just kicked in and that was it. I wasn't even listening really sorry you know that kind of thing maybe similar to what you were saying then you have people who fall asleep <laughs> because they're just obviously exhausted so they finally get a chance to relax and that's it they're snoring in class it's fine especially if you're online because nobody can hear you snore anyway <laughs> sounds like the alien tagline <laughs> and then I've had people just get up and leave it's not as bad in a online class because you just hear the little ping when someone leaves and you think, oh, they've left. And a part of me thinks maybe they were so distracted by the fact they needed a wee, they had to just go. And yeah, fair enough. You're not enjoying the pose. Just go have a wee. It's fine. But <laughs> sometimes in classes, in public classes, you know, I've laid everyone down. We start to relax. And then I just had people just sh- sit straight up in class like almost like they're angry and then just leave like it's the most uncomfortable thing they've ever tried to do in their life and i i'm at a loss i don't know you know i don't know how to help them obviously and if you're actually in a class with other people they're literally stepping over people to leave during shavasana and i'm there like i don't know what to do in this really i just i'll just keep going and wave and smile because <laughs> i don't know what else to do i think it's probably better when that happens to a yoga teacher than when that happens to a comedian <laughs> Especially when you're doing an hour show and people walk out 10 minutes to the end and you think, you've really tried to like this, but you you couldn't last 10 more minutes of this rubbish. But I do try and remind myself that you just never know. Even that person who left in the middle of a real class, you never know. Maybe maybe their stomach is killing them or, yeah, like yeah, I said, they needed fun. a wee or or something just so so distracting that you just couldn't know or see that they were just like no this isn't good i have to go you know you, you never know and try to give people the benefit of the doubt because i mean i've been there in those situations where you think ah uh, i've got to go i can't you know i've got to catch a train or something i don't know i tried to tell the teacher before class for anyone who's listening <laughs> but you know it's fine if people forget and then you have to leave but like you're saying it's try it's maybe trying to if people get up and leave in the in the middle or near the end of your act it's trying to remind yourself that it's not might not be you it's it's just them it's not you it's them <laughs> the other thing people do is if you do a free show on the edinburgh festival you do a collection of money at the end so you say oh if you liked it you can sort of buy a ticket afterwards and put money in this bucket so people leave five minutes before the end so they can avoid you asking them for money. I find that really, a really bit hit and miss that because like I kind of feel like that's a nice a nice way of doing it. So like people can experience something maybe when they don't really have a whole lot of money for like really expensive tickets, you know, to someone famous. But on the other side, I feel like even if you only put in a tiny little bit, like a pound, most people don't mind if you only give a little bit. And then obviously, if you do feel like you really did enjoy it and you have the money to spare, then you can give a little bit more. And then, But I feel like a lot of people do just think like, oh, well, it's free. It's like, well, it's not free. Nothing's free. The problem is it says it's advertised as free when you do that. It's the free mm. fringe. But it should be called the pay what you want fringe. Because that probably catches people out. If I went to something that I thought was going to be free and then they started asking for, for money, I might be a bit like, ooh. It happened to me the first time I the first time I watched one of those shows. I was thinking, oh, hang on, this is like, yeah, so yeah. But you, your perspective changes once you start doing it, and you realise, oh, oh, actually, this is why this is a thing. But yes, uh, the Shavasana thing, my mind isn't always wandering. I just find it, I, d- I don't find it as easy to relax in it as maybe I should. But I do feel the benefits of it from the body point of view. I think. There is a really important aspect that I think a lot of just in general fitness classes miss from relaxing. Like I think that is something that all classes should have in it. Even if your mind just starts going off and on tangent, at least your body 
is to some extent lying down, relaxing, and letting it kind of settle back to a more comfortable state. I think if you come straight out of a really strong fitness class and you're off on your day and you don't have any chance to lay down and relax, your body doesn't react the same. When I was doing it on YouTube, the shavasana is not long enough. Yeah. So you end up like, they'll say, oh, well, you can stay in shavasana, but I've got to go. And you're like, well, okay, but the, the algorithm doesn't know that, does it? So some other video comes up, and then if you're in the, if you're in Shavasana too long, you know how these algorithms work. You watch one Jordan Peterson video once, and then like before you know it, ten minutes into Shavasana, some video about Nazis comes up, and you can't relax to that. Uh, no, I definitely understand that. I did a little yoga course the other um, probably a couple months ago now, actually, and it was really nice. But every single time she took, she brought us into Shavasana and then literally just like I do, I'll have a lie down, make yourself comfortable, that kind of thing. And then that was it. That was it. She said, now I stay here as long as you want. And then it would go black. It's like, I don't know how long I want to stay here. <laughs> I mean, I find this really, I want, I want you to guide me and then bring me out. I don't know. I just find that a little bit. I like to give people an end. I once went to a class. And we had our shavasana, and I remember looking. I'm cheeky. I, I had I had a watch or something. I remember <laughs> looking at the time, and I thought it's not really supposed to finish yet. Oh, maybe I misread the time of the class. You know, maybe it was a 45 minute class. I didn't realize. You know, so we laid down. We had a shavasana, and then she sat us back up, and we did some more stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> but it was good. It was all like relaxing things. Like, so we had our Shavasana to cool down after like a bit of a flow. And then we cooled down and then we sat up and we did some pranayama and a few gentle stretches. And then we finished then. We didn't have another Shavasana. You know, we just had that one in the middle kind of thing. You make a sit up after Yes, I do. And then we do the rub our hands thing. We put our hands over our eyes. And then I always do that and I never wash my mat. So I always just... <laughs> Rub my hands together and then put them over my eyes and then I smell my hands on the dirty mat and I go, oh, I need to Google how to clean a yoga mat. Oh my gosh. Okay, depending on what kind of mat you have, you can put it in a bathtub (laughs) with some soap and then hang it up or you can spray it with something and just wipe it off with a wet wipe. Someone told me, a friend that does it, told me this might be just, he read this and thought, good excuse. He says that if you've never cleaned them, you should just never clean them because it's worse if you do it. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, it's like when you meet women who's never shaved their legs and they've got like really soft hair and they're like, well, you should never do it because, you know, if you do it once, you're screwed. I don't know. I've never really heard that. I always clean the mats that are plastic, but I've never cleaned my rubber mat, but I've never felt like I needed to. Well, I don't feel like I need to apart from at the end of a class when I smell my hands. <laughs> it also means my girlfriend doesn't want to get into yoga because we've only got one mat between us and she doesn't want to put her hands over yeah. where my feet have been shedding dead foot, foot skin in when I've... maybe you just need to shower more <laughs> no it's not <laughs> they're not a normal thing for like a bit of you know because you, tw- you know if you're twisting your foot I'm sorry I need to turn a light on <laughs> I can see <sing. laughs> Okay. I saw it getting darker and darker, and I was thinking, I wonder if you crack. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I cracked. I need a light. <laughs> I just realized when I was, like, finding out what it all was about that I was into doing the meditations because I was more interested in finding out how the mind worked and how to sort of 
deal with it, really. Yeah. I heard a thing recently that someone said the mind is like an annoying housemate that you can't kick out. And every now and then you can tell it to shut up, but it's still going to be there. So <laughs> you've got to learn to live with it. I really like that analogy. But the one that I usually tend to use is is a children. Like your, your mind is a child. Because I think people are less mean to kids than they are to annoying housemates. <laughs> but the idea is that if you're if you had a child, a young, slightly annoying child, you wouldn't necessarily get super angry with the child. Most people don't get angry with children; they just get annoyed at situations. But like you would just keep correcting, keep pushing the child, keep moving it back to where it should be, or keep telling it no. Especially if it was a baby, you know, crawling around or something, you wouldn't get angry. You would just grab it and put it back where it on the mat or whatever, back with its toys or wh- whatever's going on. And I think the mind is, I like that analogy. I think that's a little bit more gentle because <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't be angry with your mind. Don't hate it. Don't get annoyed with it. Just gently bring it back. It's okay. Pat it on the head. Put it where it should be. <laughs> it's true because you'd always have your mind. So you've got to sort of live hmm. with it. You, I mean, you have your loved ones and stuff, but you might always have them, but you'd always have your mind. Yeah. So not to be bleak there at all but it's you know no, right, yeah. <laughs> we're born alone and we die alone and all that <laughs> god <laughs> actually when i said i was doing this a couple of people told me that they really didn't get on with meditation at all mm. i was trying to think back as to when i started doing it as to how difficult i found it and even if i found it unpleasant actually for some some of it especially mm. as a lot of the first ones I remember doing were about body scanning and I have a lot of you know health anxiety issues and that so if I start feeling like oh well, maybe there's something going wrong in my abdomen or something I'll start if I'm scanning the body in a lot of these early sort of meditation courses I remember doing saying oh, I was scanning from head to toe I get to the abdomen and I think oh dear and, and I had to not do it like that for a week or so and then yeah. you know then I was kind of fine again because some people were I think I've been advised not to do it. So there are two types of meditation that are um, that have caveats on them. So there's one meditation that's like a walking meditation. And the idea is that with each step, you say stepping, I think. It's just very simple, just like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And you think about the whole step from the heel to the toe, and you go really slowly. And maybe you go in a circle, so you're inside somewhere, say, maybe eyes are somewhat closed or you're not really focusing on anything. And it's supposed to be like a walking meditation. But there's a caveat with that. This is if you've ever really been in a, or you felt like it was traumatic, whether it was or not, doesn't matter. Um, you felt like you've been in a traumatic earthquake or something like that, then you really shouldn't do that meditation because it, it probably won't make you feel relaxed. Because in a, there could be a sense that you don't trust that the floor is there beneath you. You know, you feel a little bit anxious about that, or it could trigger some sort of feelings of not very comfortable, you know, and things like that. I'm not saying that being in a little quake will make you not be able to meditate, but I mean, like, if you've been through a proper experience that you feel was quite strong and influenced your life, that that meditation probably isn't for you. And the other one is with yoga and nidra, we guide you through different parts of the body and different sensations and then different visualizations so it's a it's a quick succession very quick you know just pops up on your in your mind goes pops up in your mind goes so it's not like a walking through the park kind of thing but like you know oh there's mountains there's a bird there's butterflies there's this there's that you know just keeps going through these different things but if you have any family history of schizophrenia or anything like that it's really not recommended because that's the kind of thing where you're you're trying to pull yourself into one person where schizophrenia could 
scatter thoughts and scatter things and, and that's basically what that what that meditation is doing so it could in sense make it worse which is why I was I would say that if you're ever practicing with a real person and you've had any sort of I know this can be hard for people as well but if you've had any sort of real traumatic experience that really you should tell them because there are certain things that it wouldn't recommend you do I'm not saying nothing's going to hurt you and nothing's going to necessarily make you go off some crazy chart and never be able to be better again or anything like that. You know, for the most part, meditation is always good. But if you've had some really traumatic experience, it is good to let the teacher know beforehand so that they can maybe just ever so slightly adapt something so that they make sure nothing happens, you know. Maybe there's a, there must be a, there's a balance between maybe persisting a little bit to see if it does like turn around a little bit but it's, yes. it's I mean I guess it's for an individual to judge that but I think you know I probably I probably had to break through a barrier before I felt okay doing it but I kind of trusted that it was going to be okay because I'd read enough and whatever and like exactly I just don't want to have to be someone that says yeah this works for me so it's gospel now because yeah. it may not necessarily do so I wouldn't sound like you know this is the answer to everybody because it works for me yeah I know people like that it doesn't work for everyone <laughs> My girlfriend's great. Everybody should go out of her. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like... So I think we'd better, better go then. So if I went on a bit. It's okay. Yeah, great. I'll see you in 45 minutes anyway. Yes, yeah, I'll see you in class in a bit. You've uh, got lots of hard stuff planned, I hope. Ah, I can, I can try if you want. <laughs> All right, congratulations. You made it to the end of another one of these, or maybe it's the first time you've listened and this is the first time you've made it to the end, or maybe you've tried to listen to the other ones and you couldn't make it to the end, but you did this time, in which case, well done. What am I talking about? Okay, next week, it's Kayla's birthday. Except it isn't, really, because we've had it. It was like weeks ago, but we're like a few weeks behind, so goodness knows what the news is now. But it was her birthday, and it's not too late to buy a gift. What did she want? Well, she'd love you to tell more people about the podcast, or give us a good review on iTunes, or subscribe. I think I'm going to have to get her to do these announcements. I mean, why, why would the one with the most boring voice be doing the begging thing at the end of the show? I need to pin her down and get her to record about 12 of these. So, and I hope you've found the show informative slash entertaining. The music used in the show is Kachinas Wonder by Dr. Turtle. Licensed under Creative Commons. This also goes out between Christmas and New Year, so Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. But hopefully there are people listening to this in, I don't know, summer 2025. In which case, enjoy the sunshine. See ya.